Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Today we live in a broken world. We're broken as people because of sin. We're broken in this world today. All of us in this room are a broken people. And the reason we're broken, like I said, is because of sin. God created us without sin. But mankind said, I don't need God. I can do life by myself. I can control my life by myself. And so we took our own path in life and sinned and disincluded God. And because of that, we separated ourselves from God because of our brokenness and our sin. And we went about doing our life by ourselves. And when we have trials and temptations and troubles that come our way, instead of looking to God for answers, we try to just do our own thing. Because we think we're strong enough and we're powerful enough to make it through anything in life by ourselves. And because of that, we failed. And we failed at controlling our lives ourselves. And because of that failure, it led us into more darkness. And we became engulfed in this, in this sin and this darkness and that's why people today are in depression and they feel hopeless and they feel like there's nowhere to turn because they try to control their lives themselves. And the reality is we cannot do that. Only God can do that. And so we live in a broken world. But I'm telling you today, there is hope because there is one that is the light to any darkness in your life. And God sent one person to be the light into the world and to take away any darkness in your life, any sin, anything you're struggling with. He sent one person that gives you hope to reconcile our relationship back to God. So today we're going to talk about who that hope is and who God sent to be the light into the world. And will you follow the person God sent to be the light into your darkness today? So our scripture tonight is in Numbers Chapter 24, starting in verse 18. And it says, And he took up his discourse and said, The oracle of Baum, the son of Beor, the oracle of the man whose eye is open, the oracle of him who hears the words of God and knows the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty, falling down with his eyes uncovered. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab, and break down all the sons of Seth. Edom shall be dispossessed. Seir also his enemies shall be dispossessed. Israel is doing valiantly, and one from Jacob shall exercise dominion and destroy the survivors of the city. Will you follow the one God sent to be the light into our darkness? If you would, bow with me and pray. Lord, I ask tonight that my words are yours and not my own, that you speak through me tonight, that you speak your word tonight, and you tell us what you want us to learn from this passage. I ask tonight, Lord, that you show us the hope, that from the person you sent, Lord, that you show us that we have hope in our darkness, and there is somebody we can turn to in times of trouble and of need, and somebody can bring us out of our sinful ways. And there is a hope out there, Lord. 
I ask tonight that you show us that light and you reveal that to us clearly. It says in the Bible, in your word, when two or more are gathered in your name, you're in the midst of them. And I ask, Lord, that you're in the midst of us tonight. That your Holy Spirit just comes upon this place and you fill this place with your spirit. Teach us something new tonight. Open our eyes and heart to hear your message. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. So before we get into the passage tonight, I want to give you guys some context on this scripture. So this scripture that we read tonight is talking about a king to come. A king in Israel. And that king is going to be a powerful leader and bring Israel back to political power, military power. And he's going to be a spiritual leader. He's going to restore the country of Israel. He's going to be somebody that people look up to and somebody that people want to be like, and he's going to direct Israel in a way they should go. And then this prophecy that's told here in Numbers is fulfilled in 1 Samuel when King David comes into power. At a very early age, King David is anointed king of Israel. And he's a man after God's own heart. He's following God's commands. He's trying everything he can to live according to the, man, to the commands of God. And so, at an early age, we see this prophecy lived out. As David, as a teenager, defeats Goliath and brings great glory to the kingdom of Israel. And later on, wins multiple battles for the country of Israel. And he starts restoring them back to political power and military power. And over his time as a king, he does a pretty good job of being a spiritual leader as well. And it says that sons uh, would look up to David. And parents want their sons to be like King David. Because he was such a great spiritual leader. And he brought Israel back to this powerhouse of a country. And to a country that honored God. But this also prophesies a king to come in the future that will not just restore Israel, but restore all mankind and our brokenness and our sin, that we separated ourselves from God. There will be a king that comes later to restore us all back to God if we trust and put our faith in him. So this prophecy is bigger than just King David. There's another king that will come that will never mess up, that will never make a mistake, and that will restore us back to God if we let him. And so we're going to read about who that person is in Matthew. Starting in verse number 1 of Matthew chapter 2, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. So, the wise men, the magi, picture a star that's the brightest star you've ever seen. And this star is ten times brighter, and this star is ten times bigger. So it's this humongous, bright star that comes down from heaven. Because God has no evil within him. God is light. So he sends this star of light down to earth. And it's this humongous, uh, bright star star. And the Magi and the wise men see this and they instantly know without any way telling them from our knowledge, they know this is from God. And they know God sent this star to show them something. And so this star is a moving star. And the wise men follow this star. And as they're following the star, it eventually stops over where Jesus is being born and it stays there. That's because God said, I am the light and I'm putting my light 
oh, my son, Jesus, he's going to come into the world to be the light in the world. And, and God, at that moment, when he shined his light on Jesus, he was showing the wise men and all of us that Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our light out of our darkness, out of our sin and brokenness that we separated ourselves from God. Here is our hope. This is your second chance. This is I'm giving you my son to be the light into the world and to save you from your sin and your brokenness. And so God shined his light on Jesus at that moment. And then as you watch out through Jesus's life, Jesus never makes a mistake. He lives a perfect, sinless life. And he does miracles after miracles and does incredible things for people. But then what do we do as humans? Do we accept that this is the light of the world? This is our hope to reconcile us back to God. Do we do, do, we do that? No, instead, we crucify him on the cross. We put nails in his hands and in his feet. We put a crown of thorns on his head and we crucify him on the cross. But does Jesus like turn against us? No, he doesn't. He dies and raises from the dead three days later and is alive today to show us he is the hope. He is the son of God. He is the prophecy fulfilled and he is the light of the world. So we put our hope and our faith in Jesus. He will bring us out of the darkness we're in. He will reconcile us back to God. Even if we turn away from Him, He will not turn away from us. And so He is the light into the world sent by God. And so now that we know who the light of the world is, who God sent, how do we follow Jesus? How do we follow this light? Well, the first thing is we have to stop looking for ways to solve our own problems and trust in Jesus. And life, when we go through trials and tribulations, no matter if you're Christian, Muslim, or atheist, we're all going to go through trials and tribulations because this world is a broken place. We still live in a broken place. And so we're going to go through hard times in our life. But how you respond will define your life. Who you look to will define your life. If you look to yourself to solve your problems, you will fail. And you will not be successful. Because humans cannot solve our own problems. Only Jesus can solve our problems and bring us out of our darkness. And so today, a lot of people like to band-aid their problems. And what I mean by band-aid is they try to get temporary joy from something like being drunk or having premarital sex or being greedy, prideful. They do some kind of sinful action that will give them temporary joy because they feel hopeless and they don't know where to turn. And if you trust yourself to make the right decision, you're going to fail. Only Jesus will make the right decision and show you the right way in life. And so one of the examples from my own life is in college, I'm a track athlete. And as a track athlete, I have to watch what I eat and what I drink. But I love to drink soda and I love root beer. Root beer is one of my favorite things to drink. And I love drinking the root beer. It has a good taste to it. I feel good in the moment. But I know if I drink two things of root beer and then do track practice, I'm going to cramp up. I'm not going to run as well. And I'm not, I'm not going to feel as healthy. So the side effects of that are way worse than that immediate joy. The same is true in our life today. That following God, following Jesus may not be easy right away, but it will give you eternal Glory, eternal satisfaction, because things of this world 
will only give you temporary satisfaction where Jesus gives you eternal satisfaction. And I realize now as a track athlete, if I drink water during the daytime, it may not taste as good right away, but the side effects are I feel better, I run better, and I just feel healthier overall. The same is true with Jesus. Again, if you follow Jesus in your darkness, in your trials, in your tribulations, if you look to Jesus for answers, you read the Bible to see what God's Word says, it may not be the easy thing to do right away. You may have to make some hard decisions. But I promise you the side effects of that, you will get eternal satisfaction instead of the temporary satisfaction the world gives you. And to do that, you have to read the Bible. You have to be in prayer with God. You have to communicate with Jesus. And when you do that, you learn what Jesus' will for your life is. You learn how Jesus is guiding you. And you may may say here today that reading the Bible is just not fun to me. Uh, Well, I promise you, the more you read the Bible, you will love the side effects that it does for your life. The more you follow Jesus, you will love what it does for your life. Because Jesus, following Jesus, you produce fruit in your life. The fruit being the fruit of the Spirit, meaning love, joy, peace, patience. All of us want that. If you want peace and patience from what you're going through, the darkness you're in, if you want that peace, if you want that joy, follow Jesus and you will receive it. Your life might not always be easy, but you will have peace and you will have joy. If you have peace with God, you will receive peace from God. And so... um, the next, next thing I want you to know tonight is, even if the star, even if you fade away from the star, the star never fades away from you. In this example of our story tonight, if the Magi would have never looked at the star, if they were to look straight or look down or close their eyes or turn their back on it, the star still would have been there. So even if we turn our backs on Jesus, even if Christians, if we sin and mess up, Jesus is still there. Jesus never fades away. Even if we turn away from Jesus, Jesus doesn't turn away from us. The star, Jesus, that God sent to be the light into the world is always there. Welcoming us back with open arms. He's sitting there with open arms saying, come back to me and welcoming us back. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, which I think as Christians, we all need to learn this verse. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9-11, which states, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idlers, nor drunkards, nor swindlers, nor thieves, nor the greedy will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You may think in this room tonight that The sins I've committed, they're just too great. Jesus will never love me. My sins are just too great. Well, it says here, some of the sins we consider in society as big sins, being greedy, sexually immoral, thieves, drunkards. Jesus says, some of you were this, but you repented and turned to me, and you were washed, you're sanctified and justified, and you're one with God again. I have justified you in my name. He's saying that no matter what you do in your life, no matter how far you turn away from Christ, the star, the light of the world, Jesus, is still there. All you have to do is take your eyes off the world and look up to Him. Repent of those actions. Say, Lord, I'm sorry, I've messed up. I'm going to live a new life. 
and follow in Jesus and He will accept you back with open arms. He is always there to accept you back with open arms. He loves you unconditionally. Meaning no matter what you do, Jesus still loves you. He is our hope. And He's the only thing that will pull you out of your darkness. And it says, uh, also in the Bible as well, uh, the story of the prodigal son. This is a correlation to show us what Jesus' love is. The prodigal son, there was two sons. Uh, and they had a father that was pretty wealthy. And when their father died, they were both going, going to receive a big inheritance. But one son came to his father early and said, Can I have my inheritance now? I want to go ahead and have all my money. I want it right now. So instead of his father saying, No, you're going to wait, he was gracious and loving and gave his son the money. And his son went off and partied and, and did things in this world and, and blew all his money. And then he came back to his father. And instead of his father saying, I told you so, or how could you do that? You're such an awful person. He said, my son has returned. He welcomed him home. He said, get the fattened calf. We're going to kill the fattened calf. We're going to have a feast because my son that ran away has now returned. The same is true in our lives today with Jesus. No matter how far we turn away from Jesus, no matter what sins we commit, and we may say these sins are, are Jesus will never love me. He accepts you back with open arms. He rejoices that you came back to Him. And He always wants to get in a relationship back with you. Even if you, even if you don't want the relationship with Him, He wants a relationship with you. All you have to do is put your eyes back on the star, the light of the world, and He will give you hope and peace and forgive you. And it says in the Bible, Jesus forgives your sins and then remembers them no more. He puts it behind Him and says, you're washed, you're sanctified. So you can forget those sins you did in the past and you can start fresh today because I have renewed you to be a new person. And the best example I can think of in the Bible is Paul. Uh, for some of you in here that may say, my sins are too great, Paul murdered Christians. And Paul did awful things. And then he saw who Jesus was, that Jesus would bring him out of his darkness and repented, said, Lord, I am sorry. I can't believe I did this. And said, I'm going to start following in you, Jesus. And because he did that, Jesus washed him and sanctified him. And he went on to be probably the greatest Christian of all time. People are still impacted today, 2,000 years later, by what Paul wrote and the things Paul did. Paul wrote a third of our New Testament. So if Jesus can redeem Paul, if Jesus can forgive Paul, he can redeem and forgive you as well. Your sin is not too great for Him to forgive and to redeem. So never think that in your life. The next thing is, when you follow God, amazing things happen. And they may not happen right away. And that's what we're going to talk about on this next point, is that when you follow God, amazing things will happen in your life, but they may not happen right away. In our story, when the Magi saw the star of Bethlehem, and when they followed the star of Bethlehem, it was about an eight-mile journey to Bethlehem. That's a long way to walk on foot. A lot of us here are not going to be walking eight miles anytime soon. And so they walked on foot, maybe even barefooted, but on, on probably dirt roads, rocks, all kinds of, of things and obstacles in their way to get to Bethlehem. So the road was not always easy. It was kind of bumpy and rough. But they stayed the course. They followed the star. And they said, we're following you, God, no matter how bumpy, how tough this is. 
And then because they were faithful and they stayed true and they followed God, they saw the birth of the Son of God. They saw the birth of Jesus. I mean, nothing is greater than that. How amazing is that? The same is true in our lives today. If we trust in Jesus and follow His ways, then it may be rough starting off. Our life may not always be easy, but it is going to be worth it, and you will find joy and happiness from it, although you may not see it right away. A story from my own life. When I was in high school, my junior year, I kind of had some colleges I had picked out that I wanted to go to. Uh, and I was doing pretty well in football. I had a lot of schools that were recruiting me. And then I went to senior year, and I thought, okay, I'm probably going to go here, here, and I kind of made my mind up on where I was going to go in my path of life uh, besides football as well. And then all of a sudden, I started, I started running a lap in warm-ups, and I would cramp up, and I couldn't run like the more than like 10 feet, and I would just get exhausted and weak. And then throughout the day, I was weak and tired, and my body started to break down, and I started to feel really bad throughout the day. So I went through weeks of tests, and nobody knew what was wrong. So that led to, I was depressed, I didn't know what was happening. Uh, I felt like, I don't know what's, what's going on in my body. I feel weak, it's breaking down, and I can't do, any, I can't do anything about it. Well, all of a sudden, they tested my thyroid, and your numbers are supposed to be zero to like 64. Mine were well over 200-something. It was one of the highest numbers the doctor I'd ever seen. And what that meant was months of recovery to get back just to normal and then get back to used to being normal again. And so I went through the entire season of my senior year in football being weak to where I could barely feel my body. So at this time I had to make a decision. Am I going to do my own thing, follow my own path, and do things in this world that will give me temporary joy, or am I going to put through this hard time in my life, this struggle, and say, Lord, your will is better than mine. I'm going to trust in you, and no matter what happens, your plan is better than mine. So I did the second, and I said, Jesus, I'm giving this to you. If you don't want me to play football, if you don't want me to go there, your will be done. Whatever your will is, I'm going to follow it. And so I remember my very first practice before the first, well, the first practice before the first game of the year, I missed every single field goal. I was terrible. I was awful. And so we played our game, and our team couldn't score. And so all of a sudden, our coach goes, ah, let's kick a field goal. And I was like, no, nah, that's it's a bad idea. I was like, we're going to miss. And so I went out there, and I was like, basically, hey, Lord, if you want me to make this, let me make it. If not, then I'll do the best I can. So I went out there. I remember I couldn't even feel my body, really. My legs were so weak. And I kicked the kick, and it went through. And so I ended up senior year doing good enough to get recruited to a college in Illinois, Greenville University. And I was like, Lord, I'm not going to Illinois. I had northern calls. I pushed them off and pushed them off. But eventually, I picked up the phone call. And I realized how spiritual the coaches were and how good of a place this was to grow in my faith. And I realized that maybe this is God's will for my life. He doesn't want me in a big secular school because he knows that I'm likely to fall into temptation. Whereas if I'm in a Christian school and growing in my faith constantly, he's going to do mighty works in my life. And so I followed in his will. And now I, I get to minister to you guys. And I'm um, an FCA leader at the college. I'm the chaplain of my class. None of that would have happened if I would have been to a big school. I can guarantee it. And God changed my perspective on my life and said, your life is not going to be involved around sports. Your life is going to be involved around me. And I'm going to do great things in your life if you follow my will. And so I can tell you from 
And honestly, then my decision to come to Greenwood University uh, would have been the best decision I, I could have made based off of colleges because God has blessed me with opportunities I would have never had in a bigger college. And so God showed me his will for my life at that time. Uh, and the same is true in your life today. That, that road was hard. It wasn't easy. And I've had struggles and, and trials throughout my life, especially during college. But God is faithful and true. And although it may not be, you may not see it right then, God will give you joy. God will give you happiness. Jesus will bring you out of your darkness. Jesus will show you the light if you're faithful and true to Him. Jesus will do mighty and amazing works in your life if you stay faithful to Him. And so tonight, my question to you is, are you going to trust in Jesus, the light of the world that God sent to be the God of your life, or are you going to trust in yourself? Because if you trust in yourself, you're going to fail. But if you trust in Jesus, He will never lead you astray. Follow the light, and He will bring you out of your darkness. If you would, bow with me and pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much just for the opportunity to share your word tonight. We ask, Lord, that we cling on to the hope of you, that we know that you're the only hope in this world, and you will bring us out of our darkness. You are the light of the world sent by God. And then if we put our faith and we put our trust into you, mighty things will happen in our life for you, and the gospel will be heard through us. You can take a simple person, Lord, you use broken vessels to do mighty works in your life. We ask that we have that hope and we go out and we're bold and confident and we live for you and share the gospel with others around us. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at redeemerbaptistpanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.